If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you are familiar with Carolina Guzik. Last year, she came on the podcast to talk to me about Pinterest marketing, and today she's joining me for a deep dive on websites, why we need them, what we should be including on them, and some of the best practices to get your website ranked on Google. This one's a bit longer than my typical conversations, but that's because there is just so much good information packed in here. So I am going to cut the intro short and we'll dive right in. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Carolina, welcome back. It's so great to have you on This Can't Be That Hard. Happy 2022. Happy New Year. I'm so happy to be here. I know. It is, uh, it's been a hot minute since you and I got to chat, and I'm really excited. Um, you reached out about talking about websites, and I was like, yes, let's talk about websites. And then when I was chatting with you more about that, you were like, the importance of having a website. And I was like, what? Everybody has a website, but the more I thought about it, that is like my old school, old lady way of thinking. Cause when we started, everybody did have a website cause social media was like in its of course, aren't um, we like dinosaurs? Like remember the old days. <laughs> yeah. It's not even about age so much as like time in business, but you're absolutely right. Like there are so many photographers out there who are relying on their social network. So I'm, I was like, this is great. This is why I love chatting with you. You always have such good insights about like what's going on in the industry and like good, important things to think about. So I'm excited to dive in. Awesome. I love talking about my pet peeves, like not having a website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that like the number one, um, important thing to starting a podcast is being an opinionated person, which is how Mm. we got here. For those of you who don't know, who are listening and have never come across Carolina before. Carolina is a podcaster herself. She has an amazing podcast called The Tog Republic, which just recently crossed 100,000 downloads. Yay! If I had one of those like applause machines, I would would make a studio audience clap for you. But um, that's such a huge milestone. So we should start there and say congratulations. Thank you. It was, it was a good, like, it it was a feeling good moment. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe my podcast had has been downloaded all these, you know, times. And also at the same time, you know, like it creeps like they, mm, but other people have a million. And I'm like, hold on a second. No, no, no. I'm going to enjoy my party because for me, it's a huge accomplishment. And I, yeah. I think this is one of the things that maybe in 2022, we need to start kind of like as, you know, as people maybe celebrating our own wins. Might be little, might be big, but embrace it. You know, you accomplish something. So yes, I'm happy about, you know, all the people that get to listen to me and my Colombian accent. <laughs> I love it. The way that um, I always try and remind myself when I think about like my relatively small social media reach or my relatively small podcast reach or anything like that, I try and picture all those people sitting in a room or, mm. you know, a hundred thousand people, you're talking about a big stadium or something. <laughs> I know this is like concert type, you know, yeah, energy. So just, you know, we'll call you, um, 
your Lady Gaga up there. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. And I also don't know that I've ever mentioned, um, I am quite partial to Colombian accents. My sons, both, um, they're the woman who took care of them and who started them on their, so they are both fluent in Spanish. They, they were, um, they went to this woman's like in-home daycare when they were little, little, and then they have been in a dual language school their whole, like from preschool on. So, whereas I am sadly pretty unilingual, um, they I are was both- about to ask you how's your Spanish, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can like make very small conversation, but I was an Italian minor in college. Mm. So like Italian and Spanish are pretty close. So a lot of the vocabulary is a little overlappy. But, um, but yeah, so Lucy, their babysitter when they were little was Colombian. And I was so in love with her that like now to me, the Colombian accent takes all the other ones. And oh, <laughs> awesome. Well, I love that. Um, okay. So that was off topic back on topic. <laughs> um, why don't you jump in and just sort of give your, give your spiel on the importance, first of all, of having a website. Why is that so important? Well, I think that nowadays, as you mentioned, like a lot of new photographers and not even new photographers, I will say people that are in the, that have been in business for, let's say, three, four years, that for me is not a new photographer, right? For me, a new photographer is like six months. In. Right. They are not using websites. They're completely relying, as you've mentioned, on social media. And although that is great, I believe that's just kind of like a part of the pie. It's just part of the equation. If you don't focus your efforts in social, like in your website, first of all, how could clients see more of your work? And you could argue like literally Carolina, they can go to my Instagram, which is fine. But is it easy to navigate? No, there is plenty of distractions on Instagram. They can be, you know, taking a look at your work and then they get a, they get a notification, they get a DM. Immediately, they're going to leave. They're going to forget about you. So that's one of the things. Two, how do you use your brand voice on Instagram? Very difficult because as we all know, a lot of people struggle even with, you know, writing captions for their own Instagram while in your website, you are kind of like forced to think a little bit about what are you going to write? What is going to be like your about page about? What's going to be your homepage about? Another thing, obviously, Instagram is not searchable in, you know, let's say Google, right? So if somebody's typing Miami wedding photographer in Google, my photos from Instagram are not going to show up there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm missing a huge market because although we want to believe that everybody is on Instagram, Not everybody thinks of Instagram as a search engine platform. So we're missing a lot of content there. Another thing that is super important, and this is kind of like, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like controversial or maybe not Mm -hmm. controversial, but you know, like right on the edge of people being like, I don't like it, which is like, we are content creators, whether we like it or not, we're not only taking photos. And if we don't change the mindset about like, hey, Yes, we're taking beautiful photos, we're interacting with families, weddings, but now we need to use our work to promote ourselves, to get new clientele, to create more stories or more articles about why we are the right person for the job. Then again, we're missing a huge part of the pie. And you can do that really on Instagram. That's why you need a blog. So I am maybe old school, but I do believe that having a website, it is crucial for your business. Not only that, but let's go in something as silly as credibility, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say that you're a photographer and you want to charge good money because you deserve to charge good money, right? 
I don't know, like if I see that you don't have a website, am I going to give you $2,000 for a family session? I don't know, because now it looks, in all honesty, a little bit sketchy or amateur. Like, oh, I don't know. So if, if, if this is not convincing enough, then I don't know. You need it for <laughs> credibility. <laughs> no, and that was actually, when you were going through the, all the other ones, I was like, and what about trust? Like trust is such an important thing in our business because most of us, if I mean, if nothing else, they're paying some kind of upfront fee and then they're Mm -hmm. trusting you to see them in a particular way and everything else. And the more, so when I was relatively early in my career, I actually, in order to set myself apart from the competition, I spent a lot of money to have an actual storefront. Like I had a studio, even though I wasn't a studio photographer. Mm -hmm. So I would host my meetings there at the time I was doing in-person sales and I would host my sales sessions there. And it really was great because um, even though I was relatively new to business, the fact that I had like put in the effort to set up this physical space in like the downtown area where people could come see it. And there was like money invested in all this other stuff. It was like instant credibility that I didn't have before. And these days, um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend, I mean, a studio makes sense if you have reason for a studio, Mm. but it's also, it is a big piece of overhead, but I feel like on like a baseline level to not have your own piece of real estate on the internet, i.e. a website to not go to that trouble to kind of give people a storefront to come to seems like, well, what if they literally just started their business yesterday and copied a bunch of other people's photos and put them up here? Like, how do you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. So, and not that a website completely means that you didn't do that, but it certainly is like an additional layer. It requires a lot of effort to do that. And, And another thing as mentioned this, you know, we don't own social media. I've heard so many horrible stories of like my account disappear. I have no access to my account anymore. My account got hacked. Obviously things like that could happen on a website. Yes, but it is way more, more difficult to hack a website. It is way more difficult for a website to completely disappear because that's when you have like a backup server. That's when you have other companies that are involved that are going to be like, Hey, we're going to help you recover this. So For me, it is crucial. And when I do business with people, not only within the wedding industry, but in my own personal life, like the first thing that I do is check their website. And if they don't have a website for me, I'm like, "Mm, we're not doing this because I don't feel comfortable. Sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think back over the course of my career and my different websites, and it makes me laugh. Have you ever played with the Wayback Machine? I, you know what? I regret not having either like a screen recording of what my website was or like photos, but overall, I feel that it wasn't that bad. Like for the time, I felt like for the time it was like, wow, I really committed to this for the time. But like, yeah, I wish I had like at least photos so I could, you know, be like, hey, this is what my website looks today. This is what it was in 2000. And I don't even know, 10. Yeah, no, no. And I don't, I mean, I think that I was putting in a very high level of effort. And you, of course, the technology has changed. Like it's become oh, so much easier. A flash website. You remember that? A flash website. I also took a class on how to code uh, um, a um what's it called? A WordPress site. So like oh, I'm doing all this backend coding, which to me is like, why, 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 why? But um, yeah, the Wayback Machine, if you type in like waybackmachine.com into Google, you get a website where you can type in your website and you can go see old versions of your website. What? It's not complete, but like the web 
spiders crawl it and like index all these historical pages. I'm doing this right after this. Like it's (laughs) super fun. I mean, I just did a deep dive the other day on my website and it is, it's kind of like looking back at myself dressed in my like teenage garb, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, Oh, she has amazing skin, but also, wow, that's a terrible pair of jeans or whatever. (laughs) Oh my God. When I'm just like, I remember right now, like I just got this flashback, like my homepage was beautiful. And I remember opening with like a pair of shoes for Mm -hmm. a wedding. What, what the heck? I was like, what, what, what? Did yep. that make no sense? Why am I leading that I'm a wedding photographer with a pair of shoes? <laughs> oh, Lord. It was a miracle that I got business back then. <laughs> but you know what? Well, first of all, I mean, let's just be honest. Like the competition has only gotten stiffer, right? Mm, um, yeah. And at the time, like those wedding details, that was sort of a, that was a new thing because before when it was filmed, they were like, you get 80 photos from your wedding. You really want me to waste one of them on your shoes. Um, So yeah, it is, it has come a long way, but it was super fun. And I suppose if you are someone out there listening who um, suffers from imposter syndrome and you think like all these other photographers, they know what they are doing. They've been in business for such a long time. Like go way back machine mm. their websites. <laughs> You'll see everybody starts somewhere. It's an important thing to remember. It's so funny because I took a class with a very, very famous photographer. I'm not going to say names, but like talking about like 40, 50 grand per wedding. Like, oh, wow. Well, yeah. This, yes. And they were showing their kind of like wedding collections for like 10 years you know, ago. I was in shock of the photos. I was like, oh my God, the only thing that I was lacking was confidence because we had the same images, friend. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, and again, I feel like that is, uh, that is something that all of us can use a reminder about. And you were talking about imposter syndrome with 100,000 downloads if you listen to somebody else who has a million downloads or whatever. I mean, it's that whole, like you're don't be, don't compare your beginning to their middle, right? Like hundred percent. it's an important reminder for all of us. And if you're, I'm sure you are like me in this way. It's like, every time I set a goal, when I meet it, then the next time I'm like, well, that goal is that's in the rear view mirror. Now, where's the, where did the goalpost move in the meantime? So a hundred percent. Oh man. Okay. So let's get back to websites. I'm apparently super chatty today. I told Carolina Let's before chat. we started recording that I, I was given a gift certificate for a massage at Christmas and I booked it. And so now I'm like loosey goosey, like, let's just chat. You guys have to see how glowy she is Aww. looking beautiful, like a million bucks, Aww. looking like a perfect website that is ranking on number one. In Google. That's, right. That's my whole life. It's ranking number one. Exactly. Uh, just kidding. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about if you were, let's pretend we're starting all over. Let's pretend that we are brand new photographers and it's like, okay, I'm going to put together a website and I feel totally overwhelmed. Like, how do you break that down and just talk about where to start? Like, what is the basics that every website needs? Yes, I got overwhelmed right now. So yeah, so I would say the first thing that you need to do is be realistic with how much money you want to invest. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, 10 years ago when we started, it was still thousands of dollars, right? To mm-hmm. hire somebody to do your website. Nowadays, there is so many companies out there that you can still obviously pay, let's say 500 $600, $800, but you don't have to spend $10,000 on a right. good website. So that will be my beginning. How much money do you have? Because I believe in every budget, there are really, really good 
you know, options for you, mm-hmm. right? I would say stick to WordPress. I'm like an old school. So try to find a company that, you know, is based on WordPress or Squarespace is also really good to host mm-hmm. your website. So those will be my two recommendations. So understanding the platform and finding out somebody that can do the design for you or that you can buy a template, something like that, that is simple. Once you have that is where things get a little bit more dense and that's when people get really really overwhelmed and I would say it's like first of all your website is never ever going to be perfect Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for years for the past two years I've been doing websites reviews and even my website like if I go and take a look at it today I think it's really really good is it at a hundred percent probably not probably there's room to improvement so that's one of the things to consider your website is never going to be finish per se you know quote unquote and it's never going to be perfect but what we need to aim is to get as close as good as possible Mm -hmm. now once you have that I think that it's important to take a look at and this is when it gets tricky because a website has to be obviously a reflection of your brand who are you as a photographer and who do you want to attract and this is when people get really really stuck right because they're big questions and Probably you're not going to get that in an hour or two hours. And again, this is something that with time is going to evolve and it's going to be dynamic. But I think it's really important to identify this because that's going to lead the images that you show. This is going to lead the actual voice that you use on your website, what you write about, the words that you use. Are you a little bit more formal? Are you super laid back? So all that, it's going to be affected by which client you want to target your website to be. So let's say that we got that figure it out. Obviously, once you have your target audience and all that, we're going to look at our portfolio. And I think this is also where people get like, you know what? I'm going to put every single image on my website because the more, the better. I want to make sure that they know that I do everything. And that is not so great because one, uh, you're going to give like the visitor like client fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to come to your website. They're going to scroll and scroll. And it's like the never ending scroll. And instead of like selling them into how good you are now they're like overwhelmed and confused and what happens when somebody gets overwhelmed on a website they leave hang on guys i have a quick message for you did you know that this can't be that hard isn't the only podcast i host each month my marketing director dana and i team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called the consistency club The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to up-level their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. One of the examples that I use for that all the time is Netflix. Like mm. I have to go in. In fact, I almost always, if I have an evening where I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I will do like pre-work where I go into Rotten Tomatoes or one of those and search for like, what's the best streaming movie available right now. Because if I just go in and start deep diving, and of course, it's not just Netflix. I also have like HBO Max and Disney Plus yes, and all of the course. things. And oh, like 
400,000 movie options later, I just go to bed because I'm like, I don't know. I don't even remember which ones looked good. So it's totally true. Like you have to give someone enough to be able to say like, yep, I like their work. I think that they're a good match, but then you have to stop and be like, okay, time to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Take action. Yeah. And that's similar point, you know, right. We want to make sure that as you mentioned that we give them enough to kind of like get them curious about and then enough to be like, for them to be like, I want to see more. They need to say like, I want to see more. And that's how they contact you. And then, well, obviously when they contact you, you know, you can show more, but like putting every single image that you have on your website, it's, it's not good for you. Right. And it comes down also like if you're starting out and you're like, well, I do families, I do weddings, I photograph pets, I do headshots. And you just have a gallery with all of them. Again, it's like, what's happening in here? the client is going to be completely confused because now they see a beautiful photo, let's say of a wedding. And then they see a picture of a baby and they're like, Oh, I'm not there yet. So we need to understand that your website should have a place for everything. This is really important. I am a wedding and lifestyle photographer. I photograph tons of families and tons of weddings. And I don't want to have two websites. I don't, I don't have the mental capacity to do this, but I am very strategic on the way that I have my website, my homepage is just about weddings. That's it. And my keyword and like all the targeting that I'm doing for my website is just about weddings. However, within my website, there's like a little button that says, if you are looking for families, click here or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. And then inside my website is a space for family photography. So I'm not mixing on my homepage, like babies, families, click here. Even if you are putting just kind of like a, like a photo that is going to link to like a separate page, you're confusing not only your possible clients, but you're also confusing Google. And again, right. when we start confusing Google, you Nobody don't know <laughs> Exactly. So I would love to get your take on this. I know that you teach a lot about websites and marketing and all that sort of stuff. So what is your answer when you get somebody who says, right, but I do photograph five different things and I like all five of those things. I don't want to niche down. I don't want to be just a wedding photographer. I photograph maternity um, and newborns. I also do weddings and branding and fill in another one, families. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend without having five different websites or four different websites, how do you recommend that somebody navigate that showing it, but not overwhelming or confusing? So my First question will be, which one do you like? Do you love most? If you okay. tell me all of them, my love is equal for all of them. <laughs> then I will be like, well, money doesn't like, which one makes you the most amount of money? Okay, good. Yep. So then that's your answer. So let's say if your answer is like, well, the one that makes me the most amount of money is weddings, but I really like families. That's your answer to Then We're going to have to focus on that homepage only on families. And then you can have a little button that says, weddings or something like that but your homepage has to be just focusing in one genre of photography which one makes you the most money which one do you enjoy the most if you cannot answer those two questions then i don't know we need to go back to do something else but (laughs) those two questions always lead the way yeah very good yeah i have a similar kind of a feeling which is that if let's say that you you know you do weddings and maternity and newborn and families those are all they're at different stages of life, but they're mm-hmm. all connected in a way, or in, for many people, they are connected in a way. If you also had brands, I would say that's something that you should maybe consider. A Probably. Yes. But 
within all of those, yeah, you, it's like you lead with one. And if people love your work, they will, they will dig deeper to find the rest of it. I think that again, you have to be strategic about, because let's say, let's talk about my own website because you know, it's my website. We got to talk about it. <laughs> so I have, you know, a homepage just for weddings and I have a button that says families, right? Let's say that I don't have that button that I just have it like hidden somewhere, you know, let's say I have a drop down menu that says, actually, hold on a second. Let me open this for a minute so I can actually give you exactly what I have. So if people want to follow along at home, tell me what your, uh, what your actual photography website is. This is carolinagusic.com. Very good. Carolina, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-A-G-U-Z-I-K.com. So if you land here. Link it in the notes (laughs) as always. If you were to go to my portfolio, I only have engagement weddings and that's it that's all I have there Mm -hmm. so let's say that I want to believe that well if they love me enough they'll find it probably not because maybe a family photographer a family that I have photographed tell their friend like hey check out Carolina she's really great they know nothing about me they come to my website and they don't see a direct button that says looking for a family photographer most likely they're not going to go diving deep into my website. So that is really the reality. I totally agree. That actually was what I meant. Like you would have to have it somewhere, but it doesn't need to be front and center. Correct. So like I have my button that says, actually it's at the top, says looking for a family photographer. But if you were to scroll down, I don't have it anywhere else. As I mentioned, I don't even have it on my portfolio. I don't have like a family gallery. However, once you click on this, looking for a family photography, even though it's within the same website, the same Carolina Gusic photography, once you click there, it's kind of like its own homepage, all targeting families. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's within my own website, I want to make sure that when somebody lands there, they feel welcome. They know what I'm all about. So I'm kind of like repurposing, you know, content. And of course, maybe this on a podcast sounds a little bit, they're like, oh my God, what's going on here? But Pretty much what I'm saying here is like, you don't need three, five different websites. What you need to be is strategic with how you organize your website so you can still photograph everything that you love, but it still makes sense and you don't turn people off. Yeah, I agree because it really is if, uh, well, it's (laughs) like, I will never go to a restaurant that claims that they do like amazing Italian and sushi and Mm. uh, Thai food. I'm like, well, those are very different cuisines. And my guess is you're not good at any of them. (laughs) And I feel like that's a red flag. And so, you know, same thing with photographers, like a wedding photographer or a wedding client, like, uh, you know, a bride or a groom or whomever is hunting around for a wedding photographer they want to feel really confident that the person they're going to hire knows exactly what they're doing, that they're not exactly. like trying it out for the first time. Cause they think they're pretty good with a camera. That is not mm-hmm. the vibe you want to give off. A hundred percent. And this is why having a website is really good because then again, you can dive deep and you can actually showcase, uh, you know, different couples, you can showcase different aesthetics, you can showcase, you know, diversity, whatever, you know, it's important to you for people to feel seen or to recognize themselves within the photos it is really difficult to do that on instagram because again it's a free-for-all everything is happening on instagram you post a wedding maybe tomorrow you post a baby so people cannot get the same level of connection with you and with what you do yep 100 percent um so back to 
we're starting out, we're new photographers or, or we're just starting, you know, we're creating a website for the first time. You find a platform that works well, you settle on some sort of design aesthetic, you keep it simple in terms of targeting one or maybe a couple kinds of clients, but not like, you know, like vomiting everything you've ever done all over them. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, any other pointers? I think that you need, okay, I'm going to talk about keeping it simple. One thing that I constantly see while I do websites reviews, and this is so obvious. And I think it's because it's so obvious people don't overlook it. Right. Yeah. What are you located? The amount of websites where I land on the homepage and I'm scrolling and I'm like, I, I have no idea where they live. Are they even in the US? I don't know. And then, you know, I will tell the photographer and then they would say like, well, it, it's, it's on my about or it is on my contact or they would even say like, well, I don't put my location because I want to photograph all over the world. And those are big dreams and go for them, you know, more power to you if that's what you want to do. But again, unless you're super famous, that's not going to cut it because once again, you need to tell Google all these little details so they can help you rank. And also let's forget about Google. Let's say that you don't care about Google, which we shouldn't be saying that, but let's say that you're wild and you don't care about Google. You need to tell somebody when they land on your website immediately, if you're going to be the right person for them, because the more work that we need to do as visitors on our website, right? The more scrolling, the more thinking that we need to do, the easier the person is going to exit because the brain is still, we have advanced, but the brain is still prehistoric. They're not going to waste energy in something they don't need to waste energy in. Yeah. So immediately subconscious is like, I don't know. I don't know, friend. Let's exit because this is like wasting energy that you need to survive somewhere else. I mean, we have all been in a situation where we wanted to uh, go out to eat and you webs or restaurants are terrible. At mm. this. Like, I feel like whoever is in charge of restaurant websites, they should all be fired. But it's like, I need a phone number, I need your hours, and I need a menu link really very prominently right there. <laughs> and so many of them are like, look at this beautiful piece of, piece of bread that's on the front. And like, you can't find anything else. It's crazy. A hundred percent. So the same thing goes for, you know, for photography. Yeah. Like I could guarantee you, like if you are tracking your websites, which really important, you need to have Google Analytics free for all friends, just free and really simple to, you know, put in your website. You can see how long people are still on your website. You can see the bounce rate, which means somebody land on your website and they scroll for two or three seconds and then they literally bounce. Like they're out of here. Bye. So all that information is going to help you also get your website better. I know that's a little bit more advanced, but it is important that you understand that literally you have all these tools that give you all this data for you to tweak your website as you go. So super important. If you see that a lot of people are leaving your website, then you need to like double check. Am I being super confusing? People mm -hmm. don't know what I'm selling. People don't know where I'm located. Are my pictures maybe not that great? And I need to work on that because we need to be honest. I mean, your website could also be fantastic, but if your work is not there to support what you do, you know, it's, it's a whole ecosystem. Although you know, yes, I a hundred percent agree, but also a really beautiful website. I have also seen the flip side of that where somebody has really great work, but it's in, um, and not to pick on Zenfolio and maybe they've way upped their game, but you know, there were those Zenfolio sites for a mm -hmm. while that were pretty, um, 
were rough around the edges. They just weren't up to date. And I do think that they've put a lot of work out there. So apologies to anybody who feels passionately about that. But where you have a, um, if you've got a beautiful photo printed and it's like glued to the wall, it loses all of its luster. And then you can have kind of a less good photo, but when it's beautifully framed, that looks way better. hundred <laughs> percent. And like the and next I, lighting, it makes a big difference. I see where you're going with this analogy and I completely understand. I'd rather have okay work, you know, I'm talking about mediocre, like okay work, but tons of people looking at my website because- yeah. I have more chances to, you know, to convert them instead of having amazing and spectacular work that nobody sees. Yep. 100%. Because at the end of the day, this is a business. If you're doing this for funsies and it's a hobby, nobody needs to buy anything, then go and be artistic. You don't need this. But we're on a business, you know, podcast. You're, we're here to make a living out of photography, whether we embrace it, whether we like it, whether you think it's a dirty war or not. For me, money, I love it. Come to me. I embrace it. So... <laughs> I do believe that I need to be in, in a position where like people get to my website and they, they get excited about working with me. And as you mentioned, the technology is here today. Like if I get to your website and you are uploading images that are so large that your website is literally, and I'm not exaggerating, if your website is no loading in a second, I am also going to leave Yeah. because not even your mom is going to see through a website that is taking forever to load. And that is another mistake that I constantly see. People want to have these gigantic, big size images, like full resolution. We don't need that on our website. And also there is so many companies out there and so many programs that you can use to like shrink your images. Um, there is JPEG mini, there is, uh, what's the one that I use? Uh, forget about it, but I'll tell you later. And then you can add it on the notes uh, that you can use this programs to compress your images. So like the image still looks beautiful and the website loads fast. Mm -hmm. Same thing with mobile ready. Like there's Mm. zero excuse these days to have a website that doesn't look good on mobile. And not only that, but if your website doesn't convert into mobile, Google penalize that. Right. So there are so many things that Google is penalizing us from because, again, what they want is for the user to have a flawless experience. Google is not going to showcase a website that is not doing its thing to somebody that is looking for information. Right. The good news is, though, I mean, again, back in the day, this was like a very difficult, expensive thing to do Mm. where you had to pay somebody and you have or learn how to do it yourself. And it took so much more time. And these days there are so many just plug and play templates that you do not have to be some sort of like tech guru to hundred percent. It's like buying a beautiful home. You go and you see the model home and you're like, Oh my God, I want all this. And then you buy the basic model and it's like, well, I guess I can paint this myself and, you know, make it look pretty. Yeah. You can do it yourself. You just need to buy kind of like the structure. And as you mentioned, there is so many companies nowadays that are really, really good. Again, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick to WordPress because for me is like, and again, WordPress is not a company. Of course it is a company, but I'm saying is that WordPress is a platform and there are many, many companies that sell templates for WordPress. Right. I myself, I use Profoto. I have been with them for like eight years. I could not speak highly of them. They're like the best. So if you need a suggestion, go there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, and I've been on Squarespace for so long that it feels like 
oh, it feels like the learning curve would be too much. But at the same Mm. time, I do feel like, um, yeah, uh, there are some really, sometimes I get a a wandering eye and I'm like, Ooh, those are some fancy websites. Yeah. Well, talking about wandering eyes, I think that sometimes is how we get to where we want, right? We're like, Oh my God, this website looks so amazing. And the design is so pretty. And this is definitely what I want. Great. But as women, you know, we were talking about before, website have they have many many elements one it's kind of like the structure of the website and i want you to think about a house right the structure of the house is your house going to endure a hurricane five category is your house going to endure an earthquake you know lives in miami (laughs) so this is something she's familiar with (laughs) exactly so that's kind of like the structure and then we have the design you know what what we see the layout the colors and all that you need to make sure that you are not just getting a design that is really, really beautiful, but then the structure is crap. Right. Meaning that you're going to have a beautiful, you know, website, but then nobody gets to see it because it is nowhere to be, you know, it doesn't rank that you didn't do the enough steps or all the work that you need to do on your end to make sure that you tell Google enough information about what this website is about. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, I think this is something that photographers, sometimes we have kind of like a hard time understanding because we're like but my website has so many beautiful images well i have news for you google cannot see images they don't see they're blind they read text so if you have a bunch of gorgeous images that have won so many awards but there is no alternative text there is no tags on them then they're doing nothing yeah which is where something like a blog or some kind of regular, uh, regularly updated wordy content comes in, right? Correct. But also even your homepage, like so many homepages that you just go there and it's just kind of like a carousel of images. And then that's it. You are literally giving zero context to Google about what your website is. Having a blog is great because on top of having, let's say your homepage on top of having your gallery page, and let's say that you've done everything that is possible, all the alternative text, all the words and all that. Now you have a blog where you're constantly, or maybe not even constantly, because I'm going to be honest with you. I blog five times a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even blogging every month, but every single time that I blog, they're really, really good articles talking about weddings talking about topics that are relatable to weddings. So what's happening is Google sees my website. They read all the text that I have. They have kind of like the structure of my website, right? They see the whole structure. They're like, oh, this website is about weddings. Now she has a blog where she's talking about weddings. So definitely this website is about weddings. Mm -hmm. Then they see that I have been featured in other websites about weddings. So they're like, oh, these other websites that are about weddings, are backing up this website. So for sure, this website is about weddings. So when somebody asks about weddings in Miami, we're going to showcase this. So this is kind of like the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. And, you know, change that for families or whatever the genre of photography you do. Yeah. You're building trust with a robot. Exactly. You want to make sure that you're not only, and again, this is not, I remember, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this, but like when we started doing blogging, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, I'm a Miami family photographer and I love families in Miami and my Miami family clients are the best. And it was like crazy. Like nobody writes like that. (laughs) I know. Oh man. So I think that nowadays when you blog, if you are writing like that, again, the internet, the robots, the spiders on Google are super smart. And now they're going to be like, 
uh, this person is just trying to rank the old way. And we're not doing that anymore. So now that's also going to hurt you. So when you write on your blog, whether it's a blog post or even, you know, the, the text that you put on your homepage, it needs to feel like a human. It's writing this, like you are talking to a human. Yeah. So again, and another thing, if let's say that, let's say that my website again is Miami wedding photography. That's like the main keyword that I want to rank for. If I have that keyword all over, I'm going to get penalized. So you need to be a strategic, you need to be a smart. And this is what I say, we need to be content creators. All the blog posts that you write about, like if you are just writing about like, oh, I photographed Anami and her kids and they were so cute. And then you're like, oh, I photographed Carolina and her dog and it was so cute. Oh, I photographed Susie and her family. It was so cute. You're not giving any context. Mm -hmm. You need to talk about like, best locations for family sessions, what to wear for a family session, what to do with cranky kids through a family session. Those are the topics that you should be writing about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think addressing it, if you approach blogging, um, which can also be done with video content these days. And then if you take the transcript of the video and plugging it, plug it in, you've got an automatic blog post, but the, um, the idea of creating content that is specifically geared toward answering the questions and hesitations and objections that your ideal clients have, then what they are searching is going to bring them to you. If it's location-based, all the better. And then you're positioning yourself as the expert. Like you're actually answering their questions and helping them. So like, yeah, I mean, it's always the, the easy answer is how to make, how to make something good. Well, create good content, but I love the fact that you're sharing that you only blog five or six times a year, because I do think that a lot of people get stuck on this. Like I cannot commit to doing this. Like it is better to do it to some degree than to just say, well, I can't keep up with some schedule that somebody else set, So I'm not going to do it at all. A hundred percent. And I think that people get a lot of like hesitation or maybe even kind of like, what's the word that I'm looking for when you don't want to do something like, like, like not rejection, but like, you're like, I don't want to do this resistance, resistance. That's the word that I was looking for because it's like, Oh, you need to block every weekend. I I mean, I don't know. Like I'd rather have one good content that is going to be also evergreen than having to sit in front of my computer every weekend. I'm not going to sugarcoat sugarcoat this. Blogging is tedious. Mm -hmm. Creating a good blog article is it takes me five hours and I know exactly how to do it, but I need to research. I need to research my keywords. I want to make sure that the images that I'm using are the best images. And then I obviously have to write it down. Obviously, once I publish it, I have to promote it on social media. Then hopefully I've done my homework right. And within a couple of months, it's going to start getting momentum in Google, right? So it's also important to understand that this is not a post on Instagram where you're going to get hundred likes immediately. That's not how it works. And I think that turns people off because they want to see results right away, but I'd rather play the long game than the short game. I think we just landed on somewhere out of this, the title of this podcast is going to come, but it's like that idea of I'm, I don't need a website. I'm just going to put together an Instagram page because I get that sort of instant gratification and it's easier and all that sort of stuff. Yes, that may be true, but you are, you're just, you're like going all in on something that is very superficial versus, um, planting those deeper seeds that will come back and like become much more hardy. 
A hundred percent. Another thing is like, let's talk about Instagram, right? People, you know, love it. They want to post an image. They write whatever caption. That photo lives on Instagram for like an hour. Yeah. After an hour, there is a billion photos that have like packed on and that's it. Nobody is doing five scrolls on your Instagram. I can guarantee you. I mean, unless somebody's stalking you, but other than that, nobody's doing more than five scrolls. If you write evergreen content on your website, literally evergreen, that's how it's called. It lives forever. Mm -hmm. And if you write content that you can update, let's talk about what to wear for family sessions, right? In Miami because it's hot, right? So make sure that I get family sessions in Miami because if somebody in California is looking at my website, lovely, but I'm not a destination photographer. I'm not doing that. So like I need people local to me. So let's say that too. Let's talk about five years ago. Let's say that I wrote that blog post five years ago. Probably things have changed a little bit and the styles have changed and probably even the styles of my own clients have changed. So that is a blog that I don't need to rewrite completely, but I can just go and update it. And then voila, new content is still there. I just kind of like went and changed a couple of things and the content is evergreen. That's what I want. Yeah. And more importantly, or just as importantly, you're able to update it with like your more recent images. And exactly. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, it does not, you do not need to recreate the wheel each and every time. No, absolutely not. I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Yes. Is that a, even a saying? Yeah. That is. <laughs> And I'm right there with you. I'm all for it. Um, excellent. Okay. So let's think about the recap here. So we're definitely creating a website. We're keeping it simple. We are not confusing our clients or Google about what we're there for. We are creating word content. And I, that makes it sound like a word document, but I mean like written content, not just images that we're relying Correct. on. Anything else that we need to be thinking about? Well, make sure that once you have your website, right? And you have pages within your website, right? You're going to have a homepage. You have obviously a portfolio, an about page, maybe a pricing page that you don't let people to a dead end. Meaning, let's say that I'm on your homepage and I like it. And then I go to your portfolio because I want to see your images. And I see a bunch of beautiful images and then that's it. There is no call to action. I want to see a call to action in every single page. And I don't want the call to action to be book me now or book or something like that. Because although this sounds, it's going to sound really, really silly. Again, the brain works in silly ways. But if I just got to your website, let's say, and I mean, I go to your website and I love what I see. And then there is a button that says book now. I might be turned off by it because I'm like, I love what I see, but I'm not ready to book. Mm -hmm. And that could be something that is silly, but instead of that, be like, find out more information, let's chat. I don't know, something that seems a little bit more inviting instead of just like book now. So always have a call to action and make sure that again, this is why your, your brand voice is really important because what kind of things are you going to put, right? I work my own business. My clients are very stylish, but they're also kind of like down to earth. So let's say one of the call to actions right on my uh, homepage is let's get this party started. We're in Miami. People come here to party. So instead of like find out more information, it's like I, I'm giving them the kind of lingo that they want to hear that gets them excited. Mm -hmm. Then I think on my let's say actually on my engagement session, let's see what I have. My call to action is ready to get some information. Contact me. So there is actually no skin on the game. 
Mm-hmm. They just want to get information. There is no book me. There is no like, give me your money now. Nothing like that. It is simple, seems approachable. So don't leave your clients or don't lead visitors to your website and then lead them to a dead end. Because again, you might say, well, there is literally a menu bar at the top. They could scroll back and just fill out the contact form. Yes, they could do that, but tell them what to do. Yeah. And don't make them work for it. Exactly. Yes. So good. Carolina, this has been full of so many good little hints. And honestly, even if, you know, everyone out there uh, to your point from before, even the people who have websites, like they're never perfect. They're never finished. And, you know, we're here. It's for many of us, not you, because you're in like high wedding season in Miami, but like, this is for many people, a slower season. Um, and it's a great time to go back and reevaluate. I try to do a I try and keep my website maintained regularly, but I do a deep, clean, deep refresh usually every two years. And I feel like are are you up to that refresh now? I'm probably up to that refresh, but um, I am probably not going to be doing my website for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Because what we can do, I feel like this, it's ton of content. And I feel like for somebody that perhaps is thinking about doing a website or like now is like, oh my God, do I need to go and check out my website? Maybe, obviously this is like a visual thing. Maybe we can do in your group is like a couple of like, you know, quick, easy, like kind of like a speed dating, but for websites reviews. Like you're going to come and do it? Yeah, we can do that. I feel Whoa. like people listening to this podcast probably are like, what is she even talking about? So I think that maybe a visual would be kind of like a good kind of like compliment to like this. I, I don't know. What do you think? This. Yes, I love that idea. So this is what we're going to do. I will, when this episode drops, you and I, when we finish recording, we'll look at the dates and all that sort of stuff. We'll pick a time. When this episode drops, I will send out that week's newsletter and I will invite people to submit websites and then we'll pick a couple and we'll, we'll see who's live. the volunteer, see who, who do a Candice thing or whatever her name is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Raise your hand. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. That would be so fun. Excellent. So you guys, if you're listening to this around the time that it drops, be sure to keep an eye out in your inbox and, uh, in the, this can't be that hard Facebook group. And we'll do a live website, a couple of website reviews with Carolina. Yeah. Um, I think that would be fun. Yeah. And you, I mean, I know that this is something that you do regularly. You have a Patreon, right? Or Patreon. I, do have, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I have a Patreon account and I do have also an option for websites review. So let's say oh, that's, okay. let, let, let's say that somebody is listening to this and is like, oh my God, I think I need my website review. I believe it's only, and I'm going to give you exactly the price. It's really affordable friends. So give me just one second. It is $150. The way that I do it is if you are new to me and you don't know me by now, you should know that I don't like any fluff and I'm not here to like talk about nonsense. So the way that I do it is like, let's say that you want to book me. I would send you a whole questionnaire about your website, the current status of your website and where you want to go. So when we jump in this call, I have already done all my homework. It's not like, oh, well, let me take a look at your website and see what I can tell you. When we jump on a call, I know exactly the steps that you need to take your website to the next level. The call obviously is recorded. So you can go back and take a look at it as many times as you want. The people that I have done websites reviews, it has been really, really fun because it's kind of like a live thing. There is 
obviously time for questions. And my goal is to give you tangible steps that you can do to make your website better. And I'm talking about kind of like not only branding and design, I'm talking about the structure of your website, but that's really what's going to matter. So there is that. And then the patron is only $10 a month and it's like meetups and, you know, like tiny websites reviews. And I go into, I break down um, more content about blogging and content planning and all that. So uh, a good little space to, you know, learn a little bit more about branding and marketing and SEO and all those good things. That's awesome. You have so much like knowledge about all of this stuff. And I love how generous you are with it. And I really appreciate you coming on again to share all of that with my listeners. They love you. Thank and you. I love you too. It's so nice Aww. to have you back. I am so happy to be here and mention it. How I know all this is because I'm obsessed with my own website and I have paid <laughs> thousands of dollars to people to tell me about it. And I feel like in 20. 20 during the pandemic since I had all the time in the world was when I really really understood SEO in a in a way that was really simple to me right it's not like fancy words nothing like that and I was able to move my website I believe I was like on page six of Google which is like the dead zone who goes there Mm -hmm. and on page one I am ranking I have I believe when I got my stats for December, I had like 15 different pages ranking on top five of Google for different terms. So I lived it, I've been through it. And that's what I can, you know, that I feel comfortable sharing this knowledge with all of you. So amazing. So good. Well, thank you again. And, uh, and why don't you, I know we've mentioned your website and your Patreon and all that, but what's the easiest place for people to find you? The Talk Republic. TOGrepublic.com. That's where you find links to all the podcasts and classes and all that good stuff. So I love to see you guys there. Yay. Great. Well, thanks so much again. And um, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Same to you. I'll see you again soon. Ciao. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.